Once again, we thank the Lord that we are here today. Amen? Let's give the Lord our clap offering. We thank the Lord for a wonderful Good Friday service where we, that we had a few days ago. We were encouraged and blessed to listen to the words that we hear from Pastor Ray's message about God's love and also to the exhortation of our elders as they share the seven last words. Today is a special day. special day. Because we remember the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a day that we should rejoice. It's a day that we should be glad. Kaya kung sad-sad ka, sabihin mo, rejoice. Huwag kang sad-sad. Ba't kayo natatawa? Mali yata. Don't be sad. No? English na lang. Ayun ang masarap sa physical. You can have this interaction. Don't be sad. Huwag <laughs> niyong ilalagay sa Facebook yan. It's a day that we can rejoice and be glad. Amen? Because we know Jesus is victorious. Yes, let's give the clap, clap offering that He is victorious. That He has conquered sin and death. That He rose again. And because of Him, we are set free. We are set free from the bondage of sin. We are set free. Then we have also eternal life. And then God gave us a new life. A life in full in Christ. So we should celebrate. You know, yesterday, before uh, when I was preparing to go to church, my wife was playing uh, a song that captured my attention. Because the lyric speaks of what the Lord did. And I would like to share to you some of the verses and then we will listen to the chorus. So it's a verse. When darkness veiled the sky, the day that Jesus died, in agony upon the bitter cross, they took his body down and laid it in a tomb. His friends believed that everything was lost. But when the third day came, the darkness turned to light. For Mary heard her name and saw the living Christ. And in the barren place, the world forever changed. For hope was born when Jesus rose that day. And still his wound have revealed the love he has. For every fallen soul, he came to save. And he will come again, and all by one will rise to praise his holy name and see the living Christ. So beautiful in lyrics. But you know, the chorus touches me. I just, it's a very simple chorus. And let us listen to the chorus. It goes something like this. But when the third day came, the darkness turned to light.
see the lyrics. I was in the train. I said, pondering the, the line. Reason to set the captives free. We were once shackled in prison, yet Jesus rose again and set us free. I don't know, some of us might be still in that prison, but today remember, Jesus has risen and he will set you free. The line, the line says, reason to ransom you and me, to bind up every broken heart. I don't know what's, what, what's happening your, to your heart today. Any one of you have broken heart? Raise your hands. Oh, Isa? Behind that smile, some are broken hearted. But reason, Jesus is reason to bind the broken hearted. He says, reason. To conquer that death and sin. We no longer bound in the sin. At the same time, Jesus has shown that we have life after death. And beautiful, he says, the reason to bring us home again. This song beautifully captured Christ's resurrection in how it changes our lives. You see, Jesus' resurrection was one of the miraculous signs that were mentioned in the gospel to prove that he is more than a religious teacher, but he is the son of the living God. After he resurrected, he then revealed himself to various witnesses, especially to the disciples. And as they encountered Jesus in a personal way, you know what happened to their life? Their lives were changed. And some of their, these encounters were written in, in the scripture so that we may read. And as we read, we can believe. That's why in John 20 verse 31, it says here, but these are written, the signs, the miraculous signs, God's resurrection, that you may believe that Jesus is the, is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Life. Eternal life in the same time, life in full, not in defeat. Life that's abundant in the Lord, not in lack. Today, what we're going to do, it will be looking into the lives of these witnesses and study how Christ's resurrection have brought hope, encouragement, and lasting change in their lives. I've entitled this sermon, The, the Risen Savior, and we'll be reading selected part of chapter 20 and 21 of the book of John. And I encourage all of us to read the whole chapters. So invite all of us to stand right now as we read God's word together. Reading from verse 11. Let's read together. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she went, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had, had laid, one on the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, 
But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and said to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciple, I have seen the Lord. And she had said these things to her. And the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When I said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Verse 24, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark and the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the door was locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let us pray. Lord, here we are looking into your words. I pray, O oh God, though we might not see you physically, but Lord, we can see you through your scripture in the conviction and revelation of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, as we gather today and remember your, your resurrection, may you speak to us. May this narrative that we have learned impact our lives. May it bring lasting change. Lord, may this time, Lord, be a personal encounter with you, that you are our risen Savior. Salamat, Panginoon, for this day. Oh, Holy Spirit, illuminate your word. Make it be clear into our hearts and our mind. Salamat, Panginoon, for this time. Speak to us. Give us that stillness to hear your voice. Salamat, Panginoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You, mu you must understand that these past few days that they're in was a roller coaster ride for them. You see, as followers of Jesus Christ, they, the, the, the things that happened was still fresh in their hearts and their mind. These followers of Christ thought that Jesus would be the Messiah and the King that would liberate them, that would rescue them from the, hand, the rule of the Roman Empire, from their foreign ruler. However, in the just few days, in just a few days, that that's three days, 
all their dreams and hopes were vanished. It went so fast. They saw Jesus was taken away, their master. And then they saw Jesus being flogged and see his broken face, his, his bruise, his body. He saw Jesus being crucified. He, they saw Jesus being buried. You know what happened in their heart? They were disarrayed. They were broken. They were scattered. To them, everything were lost. There's so much confusion in their lives. And there's so many things in their minds, so many questions in their minds. What's next? What's after this? Our master is gone. What's, what's next? Are the things probably in their mind, in their heart. And that their heart are also full of worries and fear. We have read it in the scripture and how they respond. Let's just look briefly and how they respond differently. Mary was filled with sorrow. She was grieving. We read in verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. You'll notice in chapter 20, the reason why she was going to the tomb was she was bringing spies so that she can prepare a proper burial. But she realized that the body is gone. She's in pain in the same time she's confused. How about the disciples? The disciples were full of fear. We read in 19 that their doors were locked because they were afraid that the, that the Jewish leaders might find them. How about Thomas? Thomas is a doubtful person. He don't believe. He said, I want to see first. See is to believe. That's the stand. And then the last character that we, we, done, we did not read, but we are so familiar with is Peter. We can find that in John 21. Peter is full of shame and guilt. There is self-rejection in him. Yet when they encounter the risen Lord, we can observe that there is a great impact in their lives. In their encounter with the risen Lord, I notice, and we can see in the scripture that it was personal. Also, the encounter with the risen Lord is transformational. And also, it's a restorative restoration in their life. You know, when Jesus revealed himself to them, he did not come to them as an abstract or uh, speculative way. Notice how Jesus approached them. He reached out to them in an intimate, in a personal way. Let's look how Jesus approached Thomas. See, Thomas is skeptical. He was full of doubt. He was not willing to believe to the announcement of his friends. Kahit sinabi na nga friends that we have seen, many of them already have seen, yet Thomas said, and he gave an ultimatum. Sabi niya, he will only believe that Jesus is alive if I touch his wounds and I see the marks, and then I will believe. Ganyan si Thomas. But you know, ang galing ng Panginoon. Binalikan siya. Jesus appeared and challenged him and said, put your finger here, see my hands, and put out your hands and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Paano nalaman ng Panginoon, ayan ang, ayan ang hamon ni Thomas? 
Very interesting, right? Thomas said, I want this. And Jesus suddenly appeared. Oh, sige. Eto. Eto. Di hawakan mo. Ano na, ano, sa tingin mo, tumakbo sa utak ni Thomas. One thing I learned here, Jesus was so personal to Thomas. Jesus appeared to him in the level of his faith, in the level of his name. Jesus appeared to him. Very personal. Now, let's look at Peter. We know Peter was in the lowest point of his life, yet Jesus personally reached out to him. You know how he personally reached out? He prepared a breakfast and he talked to him and encouraged him. You see, Jesus was personal to Peter. Therefore, the first principle that we can learn here and that I would like to highlight is that our encounter with the recent Savior is personal. Our encounter with our recent Savior is personal. Now, to emphasize the point, I would, li- would like to look at Mary. Let's study how Jesus reached out to her. See, Mary was grieving. Mary is brokenhearted. Mary was in despair. Not only she was emotionally drained, but she was also perplexed and confused. Take note, emotionally nga siya, sad na siya, pagpunta niya dun sa burial, sa tomb, nawawala pa yung katawan. She was emotionally, she was mentally, and I believe she was also physically tired. Probably she's physically tired from, because she keep on crying. Who among you love to cry? Who ever tried to cry almost every day? Nakakapagod, umiyak. Do you agree? Marami dito sumagot, yes. Nakakapagod, umiyak. And she was in tears and she was crying and then she cried again. She was crying again. I believe she was emotionally, mentally, physically exhausted with all the things happening around her. You know, when I look upon this things that's happening to Mary, parang buhay ng tao. Hindi pa tapos ang problema, may bagong dumating. She just have a heart broken because her master died and then when she was intending to go to the tomb and clean and then another problem, she's confused. Parang buhay ng isang tao, hindi pa tapos itong problema, hindi ka pa na-heal, hindi ka pa nag-move on, may dumating uli. Who among you experienced that here? This morning, I said, who among you experienced that here? That a problem came and another problem came. I asked this morning, alam mo, mayroong isang bata, 11 years old, he raised his hands. Sabi ko, sinong tatay mo? <laughs> she underst- he understood in his young age na marami, marami siyang pinagdadaanan mga hugot. The more you grow older, I realize that parang ganun ang buhay, one after another like Mary. Brokenhearted, then another problem. And look at her, her response. When the angel came, what did she do? She was not moved. She was not surprised. She's not interested. Tinanungan pa ang angel, in white, nasa tomb. 
Kung may dumating sa'yo talagang siya ka, pero siya, wala. Wala lang. And then Jesus appeared. What did, did she notice him? Sabi nga sa scripture is this. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposed, supposing him to be the gardener. Jesus was there and yet she thought it was the gardener. Sinabi niya pa, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me. And I will take him away. Jesus is already in front of her, yet she don't recognize him. Many scholars said the reason why she don't recognize him, first reason they said is because of the, 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 the Jesus was totally unrecognizable. Because of all the wounds he have. Another reason the scholar have is that Mary's eyes were filled with tears and her vision was hazy. She couldn't see clearly. Puro luha, may kasama pang muta, wala ka na. She couldn't see clearly. But the last reason that some scholars said is this, as I ponder on and reading about this text, that Mary was still broken to notice the angels and even Jesus. She was grieving to the point that she don't even comprehend and appreciate the supernatural. She don't see the things that's happening, the miracle that's happening in front of her. You know, I would say it's true to us many times. There are moments that we are full of grief and sorrow. And when there are moments like this, our emotion and senses will be clouded that we fail to discern and see and know what's happening around us naturally or spiritually. At times when we are brokenhearted, hindi mo napapansin kayo ano nangyayari. On how the Lord is working your life, you notice when you are brokenhearted, you forget that the Lord is the one who's providing moment like this, when we are so full of sorrow and pain, we don't see that God is already moving. But look closely how Jesus personally ministered to Mary. Sabi sa verse 15, Jesus said to her, women, but look closely. In verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, Just one word. She responded. Just one word. She responded. Just one word. Mary's attention was captured. What was the word? Her name. Her name. Jesus uttered her name. Mary. Ewan ko kung pasigaw. Ewan ko kung ano ang tone ni Jesus. But Jesus called her name and you know what happened? She suddenly re- responded and said, Rabbanai. Upon hearing her name, her spirit awakened. She knew that voice so well. She knew it was her master. She knew that is this the person that she was been looking for. 
she realized that Jesus is alive. And it brings comfort to her soul. You know, in this personal encounter, I learned a few things. One, I learned that Christ is not dead and he's alive. Second, that Christ knows our name. Knows your name. Knows what's happening to you. Knows your name. He knows. And he calls your name. You know, in a moment of grief and pain, the greatest comfort we can have is not, sometimes it's not miracle, but simply that God is near and He knows us by name. You know, when my daughter would cry in the middle of the night, kailangan paltanan diaper, she would cry and cry and cry. And then I would go Kasi pagod si misis, may duty naman. And she keep on crying. You know one thing, one way I can calm her down? I will say her name. Olivia. Olivia. Olivia! Hindi naman Olivia. 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 Hindi pa sigaw. Hindi galit na tono. A father's love. Olivia. And sometimes God would just whisper our name to hear us. To lead, so that we may hear His. You know, the sheep knows His master's voice. In a moment of pain and struggle, remember He's near and He knows your name. There's a song that we often sing and each time I will listen to the song, it brings comfort to my heart, the chorus goes like this. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls. And he hears when I call. He hears when I call. Look how Jesus personally ministered to Mary by calling her name. And out of that personal encounter, Mary's grief was replaced with comfort and excitement. There was a change that happened to her. There was a transformation. And lead, this leads us to the second point. Our encounter with the risen Lord is transformational. It transforms us. It changes us. Look at Thomas. Thomas was a person who's full of doubt. But when he encountered Jesus, he instantly became a believer. And then he announced this word. He said, my Lord and my God. A person who doubt Jesus and then he said, my Lord and my God. Come, take time to go and see this statement. Not all of the disciples have said these words. This is a unique way of selling who, who, is, who is Jesus is. To say that you are, Jesus is my Lord and my God is saying that you are the living God. That you are alive. And I like what he said, my Lord. Very personal. There's a change in him. Now let's look at the disciples. We know the situation that they're in. In verse 19, at the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked. Ewan ko, how, how many padlock? 
Alam niyo sa Pilipinas, tanda ko, ang daming padlak ni Mama noon. Meron sa loob, may padlak pa dito, may padlak pa dyan. Ewan ko sa inyo sa Pilipinas. Padlak here, padlak there. And here, they were, they were, the doors were locked. Why? They were full of fear. They were gathering together full of fear because they were afraid that the Jewish leaders might find them and catch them. But you know what? Jesus appeared miraculously and greeted them by saying, Peace be with you. He did it twice. He said it again, Peace be with you. First, he said it, the reason why he said it once, first time, is so that he, he's telling them that I come to you in peace, not in judgment. You know, these disciples are people who run away. When Jesus was taken, they all run away. Sabi nila, susunod kami, yung pala, nang iiwan ka pala. But when Jesus appeared, he said, peace be with you. But at the same time, when he said, peace be with you, he's telling them, I know that you are full of fear. Now I am here with you in your midst. My presence will remove that fear. Jesus was telling them, you know what? You will have the peace with God and the sent and the peace of God. Notice the change that happened to the disciples. After they encountered Jesus, their fear changed to peace and gladness. You know, if you summarize the change that happened, Mary, full of grief, she was comforted when Jesus appeared. Disciples were full of fear, was fearful. They had peace. Thomas, from his doubt, they have faith. I believe there's many areas in our lives that need to be changed. And those areas that need to be changed and transformed can only happen when we encounter the living Savior through His Word and the work of the Spirit in our life. I believe that. It's only Him can change that fear so that we may have faith and peace. You know, if you've been following I, uh, my Facebook and even Pastor Ray's Facebook, mas marami siyang posting, maraming luto siya eh. But if you notice our posting, sometimes we are being tagged to some of the brethren and sisters. We are welcoming some our brethren to join us in our home because our desire as a pastor is to know you. And some of us, and sometimes we also would visit your family, to visit you, kamustahan kayo, to know what, what you're doing. And we thank you each time you would open your home and also when, when you come and be, part and be our guest in our home. You know, as you come to our places, those are moments that we can hear the struggle that you are facing, what you are going through. And I realize some of us are full of fears. Sometimes when we ask a person, Kamusta ka na po? Ang sagot sa akin, Okay lang. Paminsan yung okay, okay lang na yan, may hugot. Sabihin, Kamusta na po kayo? Okay lang, Pastor. Sure? Tapos kain ba ng konti? Alam mo, Pastor. First, Kaya pag may sumabi sa'yo, okay lang. Lapitan mo, may hugot ka ba? Sometimes they would just say the, the easiest answer, kamusta? Okay lang. Wait pa, mag-usap pa kayo. Tingin yung okay na yon, lalabas ang kototohanan. Some of talaga, some are okay na okay. But many are not okay. 
Kaya pag in-invite namin kayo sa bahay or we visit you at our home, pag sinabi mong okay lang, i-interviewin namin payo. So I pray that we would, we would invite all of you, but restricted nga lang, but we target this year we would take time to know you personally. But as I listen to your stories, many of us are full of fear. Some are fear of losing their job. Some are fear of uncertainty. Some want to go back to the Philippines, but they don't know when. Kaaway pa ang amo. You know all these things. Some are full of fear because of their family. What will be happening to my child back home sa Pilipinas who's growing in the wrong peers? Some are full of fear because of the COVID cases in the Philippines. Some are full of fear because they can, couldn't control their lives. Some are full of fear because they don't know what will happen tomorrow. You know, there are so many things in life that we cannot control. You might be healthy today, but tomorrow you might be sick. We don't know. Yes, we do our part. We exercise. We eat the right food. But even the healthy, they suddenly become sick. And sometimes it will just birth fear in our heart. Some of us are fearful for what will happen to our children being wayward. And it's natural. But God don't want us to stay in that fearful state. He wants us to transform that so that we will have faith in the Lord, to trust Him, to hold in His promises, to know that He is in control. I just want to share a story about a woman who conquered her fear. Her name is Coritan Boom. This woman, during World War II, was sent to a concentration camp. You know, World War II, it was intense. And she was sent to a concentration camp camp with a lot of prisoners. And during the time when she was in the concentration camp, she and her sister or even her family would still minister the gospel. It was so intense in, while she was there. And there's one time she nearly was sent to the gas chamber, but God preserved her and kept her. While she was there, she learned one thing. And she said this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to unknown God. Never be afraid to trust your unknown future to the known God. Because of her encounter with Jesus, because of her walk with Jesus, her fear turns to faith and then peace. And she was able to continue on even though she was facing a lot of hardship. First, we learn as we encounter our Savior, it is personal. Second, it's transformational. And lastly, as we encounter Jesus, it will be restorative. Not only that God would change us, but He also restore our calling and purpose. Each character, we notice that there is a restoration of hope, that there is a restoration of devotion. There is also a reinstatement of their calling and purpose. Look how Mary responded. From sorrow, she have comfort. 
And then God used her to be the first person, the first mouthpiece to declare that Jesus is alive. We read here, Mary went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. God used her to be the first evangelist after his resurrection. She said, I've seen the Lord. How about the disciples? They were full of fear, yet God changed it to peace. Jesus reinstated their calling. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Do not be afraid. Do not be fearful of what you will face. I will still send you as I have been sent by my Father. You see how God restores. It's restorative. But now let's look at the life of Peter. We know Peter. He promised Jesus that he will lay down his life. No matter what happened, sabi niya kay Jesus, susunod ako. Wow. Ang tindi ng promise niya. But Peter denied Jesus three times. He betrayed Jesus. Surely Peter was full of guilt and shame. The man that was once the frontliner, the one who was once the the leader of the group, he lost his face. He lost his confidence. And I believe he considered himself as a failure and, not, and a person who is not worthy to be a Jesus disciple. And because of that guilt and shame and failure, you know what happened? He responded in self-rejection. And he resigned himself to his old ways. He went back to his old ways. You read here, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. He went back to his old ways. I am going fishing. You know, I noticed sometimes Christians too, when they are full of shame and guilt, they go back to their old ways. When they forget God's mercy, they sometimes go back to their old ways. I am going, Sabini Peter, I am going fishing. Some of us, I am going drinking. You know? When we are full of guilt sometimes, ganun ang reaction natin, we go back to old ways. I am going partying. I am going, hindi naman masalamat magjalan-jalan. I am going broifering. <laughs> Gumagawa tayong words. You know, when we forgot God's mercy, we often go back to our old ways. Peter said, I am going fishing. Some of us would go in different ways. I am going. Pero ang problema si Peter, nagsasama pa. I am going fishing. They said to him, and sabi, we will go with you. I am going drinking. O sige, sama rin kami. That's what happens sometime in our life. Full of guilt and shame. Thinking that we're not, we're, we're, we have fallen to the lowest speed. So what's the best approach? Go back. Go back to the ways. 
But notice how Jesus ministered to Peter. How Peter restored him. If you read John 30, 21, it's so beautiful. Nagluto ng breakfast. Kaya toast. Inintay niya si Peter lumangoy. Pinakain. Nagkamustahan. And they spoke and they talked. Hindi yung sermon agad, Hoy! And sometimes, I think as leaders, at times we are guilty in that way. Ang first reaction natin, hindi kaya tos eh. Sermon agad. But you know, Jesus was so gentle. He's merciful. He can go to Peter and said, Peter, ikaw, nang iiwan. Kala mo, love mo ko, yung pala. Isang lady lang, a child said, Eo part, and then you run away. No, what did Jesus do? He prepared, he talked gently. He reached into his heart. And they spoke. And during their conversation, notice what God is, what Jesus was restoring in Peter's life. Pete, Jesus was restoring his love. And then he's restoring his calling, his divine calling, his purpose, his mission. Look at the conversation. Jesus said to him, do you love me? He didn't go directly to what he should do. He first talked about his love. Do you love me? Do you love me more than this? The word these days that fishing is always, it's all lifestyle. Jesus said, do you love me more than this? Then feed my sheep. The second time, do you love me more than this? Then tend my lamb. Third time, do you love me more than this? Feed my sheep. And then Peter broke. Because Jesus will never let him go. Three times. Jesus restored his love and devotion. Jesus restored his calling and his purpose. And the beautiful thing in verse 19, Jesus reinstated his purpose. He said here in verse 19, follow it means you might think you feel that you're no longer my disciple, but you are still. Follow me. Jesus was recommissioning Peter to his divine purpose and mission. You know what we can learn here is that we can learn that life-changing encounter with the risen Savior can be a beautiful testimony on how Jesus can use our lives despite of our past, despite of our mistake, despite of our failures. God can turn it around and restore our love for Him and our purpose for Him. I don't know what your situation is. Some of you must have lost your direction. Some of you might have lost your seal in serving the Lord. Some of you might have been so disappointed in yourself because you have failed in the past, or probably you are so disappointed with someone else. Maybe some of us were hurt in the past, hurt by, by our ministry head or care group leader, hurt by the words that people have said, 
and we resign. Some of us may have sinned against God that we don't deserve, that we are not good enough. But remember this. Remember this. Our recent Savior will always give us a fresh start. He will always give us a second chance. And He can use anyone, no matter their past, their experiences, their failure. God can use anyone for His glory and for His honor. Look at Peter. God used Peter. And God can use each one of us. God restores. You see how the risen Savior ministered to all of them. He ministered to them personally. He ministered to them and He transformed them. And He ministered to them bringing restoration. As I conclude, I presented to you four different characters that have encountered the recent Savior. First, Mary, who is full of sorrow, full of pain, and, and she was grieving. You know, this past week, these past two weeks, there's so many things happening in Facebook. Some of our brethren that's in here today are grieving because they have lost their loved one. Look at Facebook today. Almost every day, nagpapalitan sila ng picture. Alam mo yung picture na may kandila? That, that they are losing the loved one. What, what, what worse still, they cannot go back and be with those, with those they love. Some of us are grieving today. Sorrowful. The same some of us are full of fear. We don't know what lies ahead. We don't know when we can meet our family. We don't know when we will meet our husband and even our children. We don't know whether we will have our job tomorrow. We don't know what life in front of us. We don't know what will happen to our children. And sometimes it will be cause us to have that full of fear. Like the disciples. Some of us is full of doubt. Questioning so many things. It's not, sometimes it's good to question full of doubt because of the influences of the world. Yet I pray that we will encounter Jesus in a personal way. Some of us have failed, full of shame and guilt, like Peter, who returned to our old ways, thinking that there's no more hope. But Jesus is calling us to follow Him. And because Christ has risen, he has conquered death and sin. He has also have given us life, eternal life and life in full. And God wants us to have that comfort. God wants to change that our grief to comfort. God wants to turn our fear to peace. God wants to turn that doubt into faith. And God wants to turn that shame and guilt and give us a new start. Remember these sisters and brothers, our personal encounter with the recent Savior will give us strength and hope to face 
tomorrow. Let us pray. Lord, you see our hearts. See our thoughts. You see the struggles that we are in. Some of us are grieving, full of sorrow at this time. But as you call us by our name, as you reach out to us in a personal way, may the sorrow, may the grief turn to comfort because you have ministered to us. Some of us are full of fear. So much uncertainty lies ahead. Fear for our family, fear for our children, fear for our jobs, fear for our relatives back in the Philippines with those rising COVID cases. Lord, we know as we encounter you, it will, it's you that will give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. Some of us are doubting like Thomas. But I pray as we look upon your word and your spirit working in us, it will, it's you that we will experience, that we will be, that we will encounter you in a fresh new way. That we may say like what Thomas said, my God and my Lord. Some of us are like Peter. Have fallen away and returned to our old ways. We have seen ourselves as failure, full of shame and guilt. But we thank you as we see sin and how you work on Peter. We restored his love for you, and you restored his divine calling and purpose. Here we are today. Coming to you with different baggages and struggle. But we know as we encounter you, it is you that will give us strength and hope to face our tomorrow. In your own way, just utter a word of prayer. Just speak to the Lord. If you're struggling right now, you might be afraid because of your health issues. Open your heart to God. Some of you might have missed your family so much. You're worried. You don't know when to return. Speak to God. Some of us have fallen to a sin. It seems that we can no longer be restored. But remember this. Jesus 
is our restorer. There's nothing impossible to Him. Holy God. I'll stand and sing this song and worship Him in our hearts.
in you because you have overcome the world Lord I pray that we will not stay in a defeated state but rather Lord remind us that the power that have raised you we have that power availed in our lives remind us oh God that you can change our sorrow state you can change that fear that we have and doubt that we have. You can change that to peace and faith and to be comforted. You can change our shame and guilt and have a fresh start. We thank you, Lord. And today we celebrate that truly you have resurrected. And we claim the victory in your name. Let's just raise a hand and receive the benediction. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we will face the day with you, our Savior, our risen Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout aloud. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's good. Hallelujah. Thank you those who have joined us in Facebook and YouTube. I pray that uh, you've been ministered and hopefully to see you again and see you next Sunday as we have our worship service. God bless everyone.